Beatniks, bum trips, bullshit. This is a field recording and narrative experience of visiting an art gallery. It's like late in the afternoon, Sunday. It's the last hour that the exhibit is up. It's the postgraduate master course for the Institute of Art in Context. I get off my bicycle, look down at my wool socks in my sandals. I'm stimulated by what I think is a fork and it turns out to be a pigeon's leg and then the pigeon takes off and blood goes through my system, startled with the life of this animal. And this ends up being like the perfect synchronicity to lead me into the gallery, which I record the experience of, and you get immersed into the sound of the gallery, this like whirling, ooh, kind of kind irritating, of irritating undertone, undertone, but also, but also the, tone the tone of, of art, art in context, in where everything has this kind of philosophical undercurrent or just full purpose to all of the art. And I'm stimulated by looking for something that'll turn me on the way that this fork turned into a pigeon and the way the pigeon took off and stimulated my blood, like this absolute life. And I turn around the gallery and I'm immediately drawn to this horse stable. It almost looks like a boxing rink. It's real, it's big, and it's horses painted in neon and also computer generated and projected and like pushing across the wall. And there's also like a diorama or a shrine of melted objects and shiny glistening things on a pedestal. I soon meet the artist, Jan Philip Barner, and we have a discussion about what his art means. He's a horseman, like this dude is into ponies. He likes the way that horses have a sense of reality, that they are be able to, that they communicate, communicate and, read and read body, body language. language. And the way and the, the way horse the then can read body language is a more like direct connection to what Jan's trip is, which is to be at the emergence of life the way that possibly an animal is. And I think the hit that I got from this pigeon, like it's to experience life without context of ideas or preconceived notions, but to let life just come in and zap you the way that the horse is feeling the world, feeling the body language, feeling the rippling currents of muscles and possibly emotions as they travel through the air or whatever is brought in by the next person entering the art gallery. So along the way in the art gallery, I have an experience, well everybody does, of this fucking punk coming in. Like it's Sunday, the end of the gallery, kind of pretentious, uh, like master thesis gallery people there checking it out and some older art snobs and and then this fucking punk comes in in a battered tank top buzz cut haircut kind of drunk but like really aggressively into life maybe like an animal and he's saying this is fucking bullshit this is bullshit and it feels like he's talking about the art i follow him outside because i've been into the at that point i've been narrating the experience and trying to feel the way that the art moved me and had this long discussion with Jan Barner about art and got into philosophers that he was into. Donna Haraway, a UCSC Santa Cruz feminist philosopher, and how she's concerned with how truth is formed. And then Deleuze and Gerardani, French philosophers that I'm mispronouncing. And they have this idea about becoming animal, that there's this like nomadic forms of existence that are inaccessible to any form or definition, that they resist comparisons to other processes. This idea of life just coming in horse-like senses where you're feeling it like a pigeon taking off at your feet, startling through your blood. And now
now I see this living example of this guy calling out all the artist fucking bullshit. And he's kind of drunk and outside, outside calm, calm and level, and level with, him. with him. And there's, and this, there's point this point of connection, connection, connection where it's like, where I, it's really like I really want to feel, want to feel him, him. But there's the language difference because it's Berlin. I don't speak enough German to translate through this emotional currency. But later in the experience, he comes back and he's in love. And what was feeling was him feeling the art, but also feeling the love because he walks hand in hand with one of the artists. Maybe this is all me interpreting and just like putting in my own story, which is the complete opposite of what these philosophers want anyway. But for sure, when I'm talking to Jan Philip Barner, somebody comes up and tries to steal his shoes. No bullshit. We're talking and these two kids come up and they're fucking with his feet. And then they come back later with a collection of shoes and they had been going around the gallery taking people's shoes. And if you want like the realest art experience in a pretentious, like high grade, and I don't mean that in a bad way, pretentious, like I had a good feeling about all the investment of philosophy and thought and like motive and it's like the, all the artists really cared and that led to the pretension. But there's also a degree of having to understand it by like reading a folder or like an artist write up and knowing the philosophers and the makeup of like why they're doing the thing. Like it's, you can't just look at the pieces and fully get it. Although I tried. But I fully got the experience of these kids going around the gallery and crawling to people's feet and untying their shoes and stealing their shoes and like triumphantly running through the gallery with a handful of shoes and laughing through this soundtrack of the gallery, which is just like kind of like undertone moaning that you hear as I'm field recording and we step into this experience. You look down and you notice a broken wooden comb, three prongs, and you think that looks interesting. And then you get shocked by a pigeon that was landing near your foot, thinking that maybe the three prong toe thing was some food of some sort. And the shock that runs through you is visceral, it affects, it hits your body, there's blood streaming out or into yourself. So maybe this hit is what you're looking for when you're going into art. The pigeon takes off. You can stand on the outside still for a minute and check the scene. It's uh, It looks like you're going into a garage. Like it's not glamorous, but the color scheme is nice. And it's long And then on the inside, it's put together to have some sort of hit. It's pretty cool. You're walking through a mural. And the mural is like a and then on the inside is just artists and sitting and like all of the arrangements it's cool there's an ominous sound fuck yeah I really like this it's set up in the stations and it's all open air it's like you're at a flea market like everybody's got a section and then you can sit down and get into worlds and at first it's overwhelming there's no way to make sense of it which is the perfect way for it to happen it's a lot of immersive experience art, but let's turn left to the one that completely drew me in that I was waiting to look at because I'm like, oh, I like this best. It's a flat screen TV turned on its side. You could easily walk on it, step into the glass. I wonder if flat screen still explodes. It's set up on some sort of pool floaty that then makes a courtyard with uh, like almost like a boxing ring and it's paintings of horses. Like it's a horse stable. Oh my God. This is so tight. It's a horse stable with kind of shitty drawn horses. Like they were 
worse than what you'd see on cave paintings. Like they don't have that elegance, but they have almost the same line quality. And they're done with out of the bottle phosphorescent paint that layers up into the stable. And there's a huge one compared to the others in tiny frames and they're bending over. They're like horses and almost donkeys, but mostly horses. And then the big piece is like a, it's like a frame on hinges could almost be windows but it becomes this full stable scene and it takes a long time to look into the immersive experience of the horses and the favorite part is they're also projected horses project is this yours yeah hell yeah i like it <laughs> i like it can I ask you some questions about yeah. it? I'm narrating my experience right now. Okay. It's a recording thing. I like the horse stable. Mm -hmm. I like the feeling of being like immersed in the horses. Yeah. I didn't even notice this one. Oh, okay. I was like so deep in all this. What's up? Are you a pony man? So, like, I grew up with horses and uh, my mother had an um, enterprise for... Uh, she was doing... Uh, therapeutic work with children and horses Ooh. and I sort of grew up uh, grew up with this work and um, uh, I'm also doing it right now like nowadays with with adults um, so it's connected to a clinic for a uh, psychosomatic clinic horses are intense like they have the they're heavier the heavy carriers of life force like if you're around a horse like you can feel so much life coming out of them. Their eyes are like bulged the way that they do. Yeah, and they like they, yeah, like they bring already so much to the table by, by just by by the huge uh, sheer size. And then uh, on the other hand, they're so gentle. Yes. And um, and very sensitive to to movement and to um, also to like because you express with with your body already emotions and they're very sense. Uh, good in reading because like the only way they communicate is through body language yeah so they and yeah. they're constantly um uh watching you to to make sense of you sort of wow um and and also we humans i mean we have this verbal language which is uh but still we like you, you can say like 80 percent of your communication still goes through body language but we're not so good at picking it up or like we can't, I mean, you, you, or good examples maybe, sometimes you have the, this moment when the person comes into the room and the mood changes because they're in a bad mood or something. Mm. And you feel like, okay, something changed now, but you cannot really, and they're like very fast in picking that up because they're just constantly uh, reading this, what you, what you do with your, with your body. And then you have like, so people can say a lot of things but they're not picking up on what they say. They they look at what you express with your body, and they will way um, less good in hiding. Fucking fantastic! Uh, the horse-like perimeter for moods and vibes and like actual communication, mm -hmm. like actually like what you're feeling and happening. Did you put that into this art piece? The feeling of the horses being able to pick up the non-verbal communication um, or people not being able to do that i love I mean, that whole notion. i mean i mean people are also like we do this all the time it's that's what i dig yeah. i was like yeah. oh yeah we are doing it yeah. it's just the horses are doing it better or they're more they're only yeah they're, more, yeah, they're like they're focused on that i would right. love an art piece that um taught me how to do that like taught me how to have a horse essence, like a horse ability to read and communicate. To be able to like, if it's 80% of our communication, like I would like an art piece that brought me down to that 80% level so I could feel like a horse. Mm. I mean, it's training as, as communication is anyway. Like, uh, you, you constantly, like when, since you're a child, you constantly train and train and train on how to behave and how to, to read and, um, other other body language and other 
like this is, it's just the basis of, of communication is that we you're constantly doing this anyway and you're training it and yeah. always like no matter whether it's an animal or, or a human in order to uh, to work together you have to get to know each other and that's what you do you you start reading other person's behavior and, and like make a sense uh, to to make a sense of, out of them so what i'm looking for then in this art piece is something that just shows me what i'm already doing do it, do it. like yeah, you know if i've been trained to do it do it I mean, of course, you can like you can focus more on that and and see and and just like make it for yourself more conscious. But yeah. Um, but in in the end, it's practice. So like I still, like the horses yes. which are in there, like I work with them, and I know but these like, are, you know these horses. <laughs> okay, these horses I make myself. <laughs> but um, they're three D generated. Um, or you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you're drawing I, I, it, and then it's like. Yeah, sort of like so the like the flat ones are just like my paintings and I scan them and then I put them in there. But um, these ones I draw in, in the computer. Why do you have the TV on the ground sideways? Like, is it a bridge into the stable? Uh, sort of into this. Basically, this the work starts. I didn't realize that we were allowed in here. Yeah, I no, was no, no, I you, was blocked by the TV feeling. No, like no, no, this is good. Yeah, you're already like unbridling un my my stable, dude. I interrupted you. There's like shrine of glass, surrounded by the ropes with like the horses made of wax or glue, and Buddhas and chains, and mashes of dolphins and other blue creatures. This is some sort of altar of some sort. Yeah. What is this? If you want, so it's like for. Um, so, if you want, you can actually say like, what well, there's like this, like this, like the whole work has a, like a theoretical basis, sort of, sort of, which is a lot of referring to to Deleuze and Donna uh, Haraway, um, um, uh, Felix Guattari, so, and, Deleuze, and Donna Haraway, Felix, yo, <laughs> and the. So they have this, or like uh, Deleuze and, and uh, Guattari, they have this concept of, of becoming animal. Oh. I did ayahuasca the other day and the shaman <laughs> was like, he's like, this philosopher, Deleuze, he's the one. I was like, all right. He's like, he doesn't trip, but he knows all about it. And so I was trying to figure out, I did my whole research dive into what he's talking about, becoming uh, the animal. But I couldn't quite figure it out yet. What is it? I mean, I think the idea is actually just um, to have a direction. I was like, uh, the, the general idea is actually that um, that you um, that it's more important where you go or what, what you become. Like you constantly becoming. You build your structure, and, but the structure is not really there. It's something what you do in your mind to to figure out and to to be able to. To, to live in society or whatever, like to that's what you need structures for, but they're fake, or like they're not really existing. And you also like you tear them down and then you build new ones up in order to evolve. And these these evolvement or like this move, which is certain, like so to say, like a constant constant change, constant direction, is is basically, or they say, it's like that's already art. And that's what that is already, yeah. Like that, that you constantly like have this drive and um, uh, to to also lose identity. So it's not so important who you are. Like this is all all plays a role. Like how you look and where yeah. you come from. This is definitely plays a role, but it goes, um, but only. <laughs> as we're talking about the identity being torn down as a piece of art, two beautiful kids come up to the artist by his purple socks to untie his shoes and probably some sort of game of tying his shoes together <laughs> to topple this gentleman. <laughs> Yo, is this shrine? I'm calling it a shrine, but I just don't know just, what, yeah, like this collection of objects that's like pretty and kind of like ornate and arranged in a way is this the decaying or breaking down of 
the identity, like this process of you're letting things go so that you can build back up? Well, that's like, um, so I was more trying to, to create the space where, um, Hit me. where, Hit me. where this sort of, this, um, or like that's like another part, like the, the, like if you want, uh, the, like the posthuman um, um, posthumanistic ideas um, sort of like want to uh, put like the human down from its, its throne and, and like just have them next to all other creatures, plants, whatever. Oh, rad. And, um, yeah, so when me calling it a shrine, yeah. that's exactly what it's not. Like in the sense of a human making it, it's like a collection of all the other design structures that are available in the universe for people to put themselves into. Yeah. Not people, but animals and plants and like yeah, nature. Well, so like, like, but they're like sort of like the idea, like from on a Haraway, for example, that, that in order to like you can learn from animals, from from plants, from whatever. And the idea is that you. Kids <laughs> came back, but they've got some shoes. They were just trying to take your shoes. Yeah. These guys just came back with some fresh sandals. The <laughs> forces that are actively coming through trying to take us apart. <laughs> um, and so I, the idea of her is like that you should, um, if you like, get into in, in touch with other species that you come into um, into a real uh, how to say this um, um, into a real meeting that, but you you meet the animal and the animal meets you and she wants to actually like, with you eye level and actually like Acknowledge this this meeting process. It's not meeting. Well, her trip is getting in eye contact with animals. No, like figuratively. Oh, uh, no, not literally. But uh, um, so to to acknowledge them as as equal beings, sort of. Yeah. And I would say, uh, but I would say that's not really possible. It's like in our society, how our society is built. It, it's a nice idea, but it's very theoretical and it doesn't really happen. And in order to create it, you have to like, sort of create a space where this can happen. And I sort of called it post, uh, um, post, post human uh, 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 humanism. Uh, yeah. and, take it, and, take it there. <laughs> and, and in order to 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 have this. Uh, Leveling, you need to create a space where you, where you where actually like um, the hierarchies are um, are torn torn down. Like I'm not saying uh, do this, but like to lower them at least. Yeah. And that you would do then on um, on on the proper. Um, I know it's not you. Um, sort of the field of post-posthumanism but you will have sort of like a, a fence which is what is more for the outside and is creating sort of the space where, where you can actually get in, in, in touch which is also a process which is only works either between uh, individuals yeah um, and and it's also not happening like that time, but, but is this post-post-humanism? Is this a diorama of post-post-humanism communication, also. like interspecies communication, where we're taking on the forms and thought beings well, well, of silicone-decaying I mean, horses and Buddhas ornate like coin cacophony, and this parade of blue cows and bears and fucking dolphins on top of triceratops. I like the. Um, the, uh, like sea creatures in back, like the krill coming from the from the gold, and the way that the coral is emerging from that framed picture, and the open door ready to go through, portal ready. 
not there yet though. Well, what the fuck is this? I mean, I'm like almost there understanding. <laughs> I mean, that's maybe the thing. It's like, um, either you can sort of, or like I claim that either you do this individually or you do it in art. And then sort of as a statement. But this oh, would be sort of like the snap. next step. Yes, to do it in art. Where you have to... Where, you, where I still have to get in deeper, so this would be... When was the last time... So you communicate with animals all the time, because you're doing... You're a horse whisperer. It's always happening. You already have this bridge going on between you and the four-legged. I wouldn't, like, but between me and some of these individuals, like, for example, with her. Like, I know for quite well, and, and with her, I have a good connection. Yeah. And I, I, we definitely misunderstand each other all the time, but we... Um, we can understand each other quite well. I like but the shapes of the horses. <laughs> you did so good with it. And like the feeling of the field out there and like the whole stable environment. The woman on the chariot with like the galloping team going across the sun. I love the way the projector goes up and the horses are animated amongst the small framed ones. I notice no unicorns. Is that an artistic choice? Yeah, yeah I'm not so interested in unicorns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. They're sort of good. So, somebody wants to become an animal through art. Well, I think the idea is not really to become an animal. The, okay. the idea is more like to become and what they say is basically animals do this already yes like they, okay they, be, they become and, yes. and it's more about oh, like i that's how i and i'm not an expert on this but um that's how i understand it. it's like the the idea of becoming like to de oh, to de yeah um, you don't get locked into a, a framework of like oh this is who i am you're constantly emerging it's yeah. like you in the moment are co-mingling all this yeah, yeah, yeah. so and you're this like flowing through it and it's flowing into you you can step into the stable the horse rodeo there's nothing keeping you out except for yourself well i would say oh like this is not working for yourself uh, only like this is only working in 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 exchange with your environment like in order to become or in order to evolve, it's like you always need a counterpart. Oh, I've noticed that in relationships. Yeah. I get a lot better around my girlfriend. Like, you know, because they like pull out, like, ah, that's shitty. Like I notice my shitty parts a lot more in proximity to somebody else, like on a road trip or like living together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is also part of it, yeah. But it's the counter part is what keeps it moving and growing yeah uh, well, like the, the, it doesn't necessarily have to be a counterpart but a, like a, a opposite or like a, not opposite but but i mean also this or like everything basically around you is shaping you or like the only um, um, evolve or, or be so to say in 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 this entanglement with, with your environment. It makes me want to be open. It makes me want to be real open to the environment to feel it kind of push through me and see what's shifting. Uh, you don't want to be? Huh? You don't want to be open to the environment? I think it's like... Um, it's nothing you can, oh, for sure. I mean, this is anyway is happening yeah. if you want it or not. Oh, it's not something this you can like, stop or turn on. No, it's just like, so, oh, it's there. I mean, you can stop it, of course. Yeah, but, like uh, death but, or like... Yeah. So the art then shows the process of it. It's like, okay, this is happening. Yeah, maybe also. I mean, there's like yeah. lots of levels there. I mean, also like with the movement of the, of the pictures, there's also like the whole, I mean, what I'm also focusing on is like this very long 
existing uh, coexistence or like very partnership between human and horses. Yes. It's basically like the thick thousand years was like the most important what shaped our, our yeah. societies. Like that's why uh, cities look the way they look now. Uh, why we have streets? Uh, why we have the wheels? It is. It Except was the always, relationship with the pony. Yeah, I mean it's like the the. And it stands for so many things also, like this, like the mighty symbols, like when you have like uh, um, aristocracy, which is like, they they worship themselves, but in order to worship themselves, like they, they need a podest, uh, like a, what do you call this? Oh, like a pedestal. Yeah, a pedestal. But then they put on top, they put a horse, and then they sit on top of the horse. There's like also this, it has so many oh. different meanings and, and so many different... It, it can stand for so many different things, also nowadays. And still, so. uh, oh, perfect. Dude, that was wonderful. Thank you. Dude, check that out. Welcome to the rodeo. It made me think of going to a rodeo in Montana, the speed of horses galloping. It made me think of that movie, Dope, where there's aliens arriving and you're riding horses for Hollywood movies. That movie is awesome. It has the eerie effect of possibility with one horseshoe on the ground. Like, which way is your luck going? Can you put the shoe on behind? the platform that shows the possibility of entering into non-conformist reality that's always happening. That's my best interpretation of what was just talked, was a, is a bouquet of flowers. You can see it in the flowers, I think what's going on is this unstoppable interface into reality, that something is streaming through you and giving this form, like genetic code, DNA, sun rays, it's the mingling of all of this. And it's the mind maybe that is giving an idea of what you are, if you wanna be on that trip. I feel though that we're all like astromerias and orange roses, that the streaming beauty and harmony of the universe comes through us and sometimes it feels good to be here next to a horse because they're so big and massive and carry this in their muscles like to feel all of their rippling muscles under their haunches and their fat asses and their horse mohawks it's nice to talk to this artist he's tall his hair is to the side he's got bright green eyes his face is kind of tilted forward almost like a human horse he's casual and leans into it and he's into what he's talking about getting to a place where you're co-mingling with the data streams that are happening and emerging and being with it as it's going. He's also got a talking about the horses and their history and the pedestal just came by on the projector and the feeling of how long we've been with these animals, this like relationship that's lost. I'd like to look at art on top of a horse. I'd like to look at art on top of I'd like to look at art on top of I'd like, I'd like to look, look at art on top of top of I'd like to I'd like to on top of top of I'd like From station to station it's a feeling of what's lacking in the artists' lives become what they're drawing and painting or sculpting and they're doing it with what they have a lot of which is visual media screens projections there's an arrangement of flat screen TV. There's several flat screen TVs. This one is, has a constant water flow stream hitting in slow motion so you can observe the beauty of water in its like uh, unfolding foam layers as it's making its water cascade into a crevice of the river. And behind that is Google Maps being laid out within overlays of carvings and other cityscapes. And the soundtrack is a clicking noise. Behind this is 
elastic laid up to create a special room, but it looks beautiful with light and shadow coming behind this. There's a lot of, uh, there's like what's lacking in their lives is nature and a feeling of connection and a feeling of understanding of how to be in the world that is made on a bed of madness and lies. Like coming to terms with where your cell phone comes from while you're texting about injustice. There's rows of blankets and pillows to sit next to herbs to get a feeling of having an herbal content. There's a huge painting of a relationship with the quote, is it possible to have a relationship at eye level in a post-colonial context? Somebody's making an archive of all of their documents, folded paper, zine-like, their credit cards, their money, anything that'll have an archival history as some sort of system and then folding it over, including a picture of a saint and wrapping it with a bow to have a sense of who they are in the world in this archaic, archaic form. There's deep passages, hallways, the looking of family. People like to represent their family and who they are and where they come from. They want to give voice to this. And it's a variety of voices and types that are coming out. My favorite is the spritz. The spritz is, it looks like aromatherapy. And I sprayed one, it's like, and it's in German, the plant fit, so you look at it and sprayed some, and it smells like so bad. It smells like, um, to me it smelled like swamp, like the smell of uh, swamp water. And then somebody comes up to explain, and they say, no, these are actually for your mouth. I'm not the artist, but the artist traveled through the city of Berlin collecting the aromas and condensing them so you can go on a taste tour of the city which i was not about to do but this other artist comes up and she's beautiful french in a tracksuit with birkenstocks tattoo on her ankle hair pulled back totally casual but alive in full sexiness like exactly what all fashion designers are trying to give to women she has and she does it with a polo shirt and she comes up and herself is so alive in her being she picks up one of the spritz and sprays it into her mouth i was like whoa and i stand close to watch this and then she continues with the next spritz and she's like uh just full-on spraying it into her tongue like non-abashed she's going for it and i'm like does that tastes good she said no that one's not good and then she picks up another and goes for it and i was like i wanted nothing to do with this once i realized that this was not pleasant aromatherapy but she takes this city tour ride through her mouth on the edge of her toes and almost shaking which is just the way that she does everything and she says um, that one's almost nice i said what's that she said that's kind of like bread I asked if it was a successful tour of the city, and she said, yeah, maybe in the way that smell can remind you of things. I said, I admired how she did it, like she went through it fast, and she says, yeah, I tend to do things too fast. And I said, no, not like fast movement, like um, you were unabashed, you were nothing hesitant. I was fearful to do it. And she says, oh, my art piece was about fear. I know all about fear at this point. I don't think she said, I know all about fear, but she's like, I've been thinking of fear. And go over to the table and she's made a board game, kind of a card collection of really neat drawings layered on top of each other, expressive, kind of wild. They're almost like a picture book collection. And it's about how to rehab a relationship with fear in terms of capitalism how capitalism can instill fear into a person and then this like this fear that you're not doing enough that you need to uh, keep going that you're following that you're falling behind
And if you're not producing, if you're not consuming, then uh, the fear starts to creep in. So she has drawings that represent this and then lessons on how to get through this. I ask her where she holds her fears, where she holds it in her body is. I'm sitting at the low table with a low light, orange light over it, looking at the drawings, thinking of this beautiful woman with her strong eyebrows and big round cheeks, round face that is accentuated by casual bob behind her. Everything about her is casual, but everything about her is totally filled with life. And she says she feels her fear in her chest, but she gets a sense of it in her ears. There's a ringing in the ears. That was a pause to get the contact info with Jan. He's the artist with the horses. This is a great time right now because it's the end of the exhibition. So everything's being taken apart. This is the moving art too as it's happening. The woman with the spritz collection is taking down her shelf that all the spritzes were held on. This is so cool. All packed now into little tissue bags. Standing on ladders, unbolting hinges and hatches. Artists disassembling things that they had put up. Their full investment of character and everything that they had in them is here and coming out. Those rolls of bubble tape. It's so good to see across the way one of the kids with a sucker in his mouth is looking from behind a curtain. It's all being taken apart. It's unfolding and moving multi-layered. Okay, back to looking at cards, decoding fear with a beautiful French woman who's casual but so vibrant because she's full of health and there was something in the way that she spritzed in her mouth that lets you think that she would do almost anything physically like this. It was somebody that was moving from their full openness to experience and at full which was almost unsettling because it kind of seemed dangerous, but also alluring because it's like, well, I want to be part of this. And now I'm here looking at her drawings, the way she's overlaid red and lines and like kind of creature people made from lines that morph into each other as visual representations of fear and the way that it happens in your psyche in person. And one looks like a bondage dude with a dick, and I very tactfully ask her about this, because it is a game for kids, and she says, oh no, that's just this man thinking about this man, and you can see this transference from the blue in his head to becoming a mask on the other one. And the dick was just, there's lines everywhere, so this, I guess I'm saying dicks. I ask her where she holds her fear, she said, in her chest. And then she hears it in her ears and sometimes her hands shake. I asked if her knees buckle. I was picturing her like a deer, the quivering in her knees. And she says, yes, she's a very physical person, she says. She reminds me of my girlfriend that I had for a summer. We met under Water. We happen to both be swimming at the same river at a place not many people go. I thought it was my secret spot, but she was there walking down right as I was. I was afraid to almost scare her, some brooding man coming down where she's swimming, but this was my spot and she seemed okay. So I swam up to her and I s we somehow met underwater. I don't know how this was arranged, but I know I shook her hand underwater. I left her her phone. I left her my phone number and her shoe she was glad that i did we went for a hike the first date i turned around i saw her looking at my ass i've never seen a woman checking out my ass it continued and she was deep and moving 
but I bring this up because you had this same physicality and this same French look, this feeling of being in life. She has spent her summer going on massive bike rides and yoga classes and knocking on people's doors and asking how she could help with their lives. She was on summer break and she was taking a moment. And we made love. I was living under a staircase and I was... I wasn't sure if I could show her this, like we were Harry Potter living under a staircase, but I had it set up pretty nice. And there was like a good, comfortable bed and neat objects. And I liked the way the stairs hung above you as you slept. And I had plants and I would sometimes bring trees back from runs that had fallen off in storms. And I'd set them up above the bed. So you're like full on walking under and into a tree and then going into this dark room of it. And she had sex with me in ways that I had never experienced. Like she went in and smiled and pushed off of the walls of the stairs like she would she would use it to hold momentum and she would put me in positions or put herself in positions that i didn't know was there it was this same feeling of aliveness in a body that i was seeing in this woman above me looking at her drawings as she's telling me where she feels fear The artists are talking with each other, metal gratings being turned up, the fans are being turned off, the screens are going down. It's a power outing. I feel good about this exhibit. It's depressing and disturbing what people are lacking, this feeling of a world moving away from a nature connection. But I like the opening that people are getting to themselves and to... Oh, this is great. The art critic just came back. This is a dude... I, I wish I could talk to him. He only speaks German. He's like a Turkish guy with a backpack, sagging pants, tank top, backwards cat beard. The look of being kind of drunk at some point, but also quizzically looking at things. He's got this hand in his pocket, respectful move, and he's was fucking angry before at the art, like saying, why, why? I went out to try and talk to him to like understand, because he seemed like the honest critique of it, but I couldn't make the language translation. He's not an artist from the school, but he's the same age as everybody, but he's the complete opposite of the pretense artist. He's like so real and like really there he's actually almost probably not there because he's like in his head trip of his anger and the things that are disturbing him somewhere there's a balance there's part of me that's frustrated with people trying to find their way in the world like rebelling against the world because it seems like we're all part of this system and to rebel against it is futile. Like it's, you're part of it. So go and make the new part that you want, which people do when they're celebrating their history and their family's heritage. And I like the way that the artist with the horse pointed out that for 6,000 years, we all lived with horses and now we don't. And I think of like what we have now with us that we're going to be away from and no longer have these connections to. And I wonder what kind of like, kind of mind frames, scaffoldings of mind that I have that I'm living through and that I haven't quite dissolved or redissolved. Like how present really I am Am I really here? Am I like Astromeria flowers? Am I like little kids going around the gallery stealing people's shoes, like that alive? Am I as alive as the woman making spritz and drawing her fear? Am I just sacks of fertilizer? <laughs> the sacks of fertilizer are being stacked up. They were covered with, um, like, a 
canvas kind of bean bags to be sitting on. But now it's like this collection of fertilizer being stacked. It's very cool. <laughs> kind of artistic too. I want to know the feeling of these artists as they're done. It's pretty cool to have something to say and to go for it and to create these places to do it. Ah, the lights just turned off, fluorescence off. Now we have the real day glow of Berlin and the coming storms. And the art critic now is walking with a woman. They're smiling. She's getting along. He's handsomer than her. And she's got his swag. Oh, it's beautiful. It's all coming together. I feel happy to have gotten to experience this and to have had a sense, a place of people really putting it all into it. I'm like, yeah, you gotta have something to say about the world. And maybe it's great to tear things down. It's like, tear down the societal norms to make space to, for what really is real, to connect to what's there and to have the space for something else to emerge. One last note. I was doing that final narration in a comfortable chair set up as an exhibit and next to it was a table covered with mushrooms and mushroom exploration. It made me think again about how these kids are into, these young adults are into finding their place in nature. You open this book about mushrooms and it's ritual mushrooms, ecstatic dancing, people with drums and feathers and costumes just going at it, bizarre drawing lines of reconfigurated synapses, the feeling of magic sticks, the mushroom asylum on the upside, there's a magnifying glass provided. It's like, yeah, it's out there. That living life force interactive feeling is out there. And it's how open are you to feeling it, to being moved by it. You can't stop it, but you can take account of it and then dissolve your account and keep on dancing. Mushroom, cyclone, contemporary, and rethinking the global.